fly around. Little green peas from the ground. Buttermilk biscuits, nice and brown. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard. Catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop 'em black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table, a show that is dedicated to the people of our Appalachian region who produce, prepare, and preserve our local foods and agricultural products. This is your hostess, Amy Campbell. Our theme song was graciously sung, arranged, and produced by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee. We are super proud of this talented 14-year-old Tennessee talent. On the program today, we are setting the table with two restaurants in Tennessee. First, we go to downtown Knoxville and visit with the owner of a pizza restaurant, Adopo Pizza, with Brian Strutz. He and his wife, Jessica, are the owners. It opened in 2017, and it's become a favorite place for the community and visitors to Knoxville. They make sourdough pizza crust from scratch and wood-fire the pizza. While the menu is not 100% sourced from regional products, they make a great effort to source a good deal of their ingredients from local growers in the area. And we'll also be joined by Fred Sossman with a potluck radio segment on the Shamrock of Johnson City, Tennessee, specializing in lemonade and celebrating 90 years of business this year. And just wanted to let you know that these two restaurants do not sponsor the Tennessee Farm Table. I've also got some information on meetings of the Blunt County Beekeepers Association and a word about a distiller looking for somebody to haul off his spent grain two times per week. Thank you so much for being our guest today. I hope you enjoy these two features of East Tennessee restaurants. And let's start with Brian Strutz of Adopo Pizza. We're sitting here at Adobo Sourdough Pizza and Brian Strutz. Good to see you. It's good to see you too, Amy. Yeah, so I just really like this place so much and I'm so happy for you. You've put a good thing right here in downtown. Well, so far, so far so good. <laughs> we haven't been open long, but the reception has been better than we hoped. And, you know, we'll do everything we can to keep that going. but. Yeah. Like I said, it hasn't been long. I should know this, but what does adopo mean? Yeah, um, well, we actually put it on our menu because it's a common question. So adopo means see you later in Italian. So uh, when two Italians see each other in the middle of the day and let's say they made plans to see each other later that night, you know, uh -huh. they would when they were parting, they would say ciao adopo, which doesn't literally mean see you later, but it uh, colloquially means 
see you later. So anytime we say the phrase, hey, see you later, they're saying, hey, adobo. Cool. So we're dinner only, pizzeria, and we hope to see people later. I guess that's the stick. Is yeah, that right? We've, <laughs> yeah, and this is no joke. I, I don't know how many times we've lost count of the people who have come in here more than once in our first week. There's been that many, there have been that many people who have come more than once and have made a point to make themselves known and visible because they're just so excited to have something in the neighborhood. Yeah. And that's not like some inflated sense of self or the restaurant. That's timing it right in a neighborhood that seemed to have been desperate for a nighttime restaurant to have to be a part of the community. Mm-hmm. Like people are walking from their homes from Fort and Gill, from downtown. And they are telling us that. And that's like the sweetest thing, the best thing for us to hear because we had hoped that there was an untapped market of people in this neighborhood for Mm -hmm. this restaurant. That was a hope and a plan. Mm -hmm. But we didn't really know. You know, they're all projections and plans. Yeah. So far, I think it's true. So if if we keep doing good food and keep giving good service, I think it's going to be all right. Well, so it's wood fire and you use sourdough for your... So, um, for just people listening, could you describe the taste of a sourdough wood-fired pizza when you um, would compare to kind of the stuff that's always out there in every strip mall? Yeah, I have a tendency to answer this question in a really long-winded way, which I'm sure your listeners wouldn't appreciate. So, I will try to be concise. Um, Sourdough is a way of leavening bread naturally. The other way is to do it commercially with like a instant dry yeast. Um, those, for the sake of this conversation, are the two ways to get rise out of bread. Furthermore, sourdough has a different flavor um, based on how old or young your sourdough starter is. So sourdough creates a different flavor, but it's also more digestible. Um, the way the sourdough process works it creates a pizza that's easier on your stomach in our experience and that's pretty cool because pizza is traditionally a food that gives you a big gut bomb of sodium and cheese and bread and fat and it's wonderful and we love it and pizza's one of the most if not the most popular food in the world for a reason but there are many ways to do it and this is just one way that we happen to love and so we are making ours from a sourdough culture. I gotcha. Well, this might be private information, but your sourdough culture, is this something that you have found and kept alive for a long time? Or uh-huh. I have. I've kept it alive for over three years. It's just flour and water, but it's a living thing, and it needs to be fed. Um, if you hold it at a warmer temperature, you have to feed it more often. If you hold it at a colder temperature, you don't have to feed it quite as often. So there's a sliding scale that affects what you call your feeding schedule. Well, now, the wood fire, um, what kind of flavor does that impart to the pizza instead of, like, just a pizza oven pizza? It's not quite about flavor so much because the pizza doesn't spend that much time in the oven. There's some misinformation out there about wood-fired pizzas and that the wood is, is creating flavor from the wood, per se. So... The pizzas cook in about 80 or 90 seconds, sometimes a little bit longer, sometimes a little bit less. It's really fast because the temperature is so high. 
And in order to, to cook a pita in that time without it drying out, the dough has to be really wet. As you saw earlier, handling it, it's tacky, it's wet. That just means there's a lot of water in it uh, because the water is going to very quickly evaporate and cause it to dry out. So all that to say, it doesn't spend enough time in the oven to get any flavor from the smoke. But also, there's a fire in there. When there's, when there's a fire, there's not quite as much smoke. So if the logs were smoldering, and, it, and I could turn the oven into a smoker at a lower temperature and put the door on it, and, and I, we do that. We'll smoke vegetables in the oven and put those vegetables in salads. But at a high heat with a big flame, the flavor comes from the high heat. It'll char the crust, sometimes more than you'd like. You have to be very attentive to it. But the crust, the flavor comes from the heat, not so much the wood. I see. Yeah, you, you could do this in a commercial electric or gas oven, mm -hmm. and it's been done. People have done it. It's not quite as fun to look at. The experience is very different when you have a big roaring fire in a space that's cozy. Mm -hmm. um, for me, being the one that is cooking it, it's also much more enjoyable to manage a fire, and it feels like... A process that you will enjoy as opposed to turning a knob and just doing the same thing all the time like yeah all the variables of the oven make it very demanding you have to constantly understand how big the flame is or how big the flame needs to be and the size of the piece of wood that you put on the fire determines that mm -hmm. um, so you know we start off the day with bigger chunks of wood to build a base of coals which heat the deck of the oven in the overall temperature. But as the night goes on, you don't want to keep building coals, you want to build a flame because the flame colors the dough, it chars it. So then you want smaller pieces of wood. I know this all sounds ridiculous that we're talking this much about wood and no, ovens I... and sourdough. It's funny coming out of my mouth, but that's, that's, that, that all contributes to what I think is a really good pizza. The pizzas are a little more wet. You know, we make our mozzarella daily. And when I say we make our mozzarella, we're, we're starting with mozzarella curd. We're not making curd, we're pulling curd into mozzarella, but we do that because when it's held at, at room temperature, it stays much softer, and it's a little bit more wet, and it's milkier, and it's at its best state. Um, so that's something we do, and so these ingredients, when they're so fresh and full of water, it creates a wetter pizza that it's better to eat with a fork and knife. But people like to eat with their hands, so we cut it. <laughs> You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table, and we are visiting on the program with Brian Strutz of Adopo Pizza in downtown Knoxville, Tennessee. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table is brought to you in part by Century Harvest Farms and Century Harvest Farms Foundation in Greenback, Tennessee. A sustainable farm in East Tennessee producing 100% grass-fed beef and other wholesome farm products. Preservative-free grass-fed charcuterie, preserves, pickles, and jams. Also home to the community-serving, food-insecurity-fighting Century Harvest Farms Foundation. Details at centuryharvest.com. So pizza napolitana is a very traditional Italian pizza with tomatoes, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, and crust. Um, your dough. It's cooked at a high temperature, it's turned every few seconds, every 15, 20 seconds, and it's done day in and day out by many different places all over Italy, and it's just very simple, very perfect, and that's one style of pizza, but it's 
probably the the original or one of the first styles of pizza. I don't know. I should check in on my uh, pizza history. <laughs> but it's from Naples, Italy, southern Italy, and that's the style they make. This is a, just a real general question, but people that are thinking about coming here and trying it out, it's, you've obviously got pizza, but what other um, things do you have? I know you've got salads. Yeah, so we... Our ideal customer would come in, they would order a glass of tap wine. Which we, it's called vino alla spina, wine out of the spigot. We don't call it that, we just say wine on tap, but it's a really good Italian wine. We have two reds and a white. Um, our, 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 the ideal customer would come in, they'd get a carafe of wine, they would order maybe a green salad, what we call a verde, um, a pizza margarita, a cup of gelato, and then they would go and they would be very happy, they would be satisfied, they wouldn't be super stuffed. And they just do that twice a week. That's all they would do. But we know that people want more than that, and so do we. We like, you know, variety as well. So we have some really non-traditional toppings that we put on our pizza, which are mostly seasonal. You can see our pizza special that we have a special every night. Last night was with peaches from Mountain Meadows Farms, uh, purple sweet potatoes from uh, Two Chips in a Farm, thyme from Abbey Fields, um, and that was a white pizza. Um, so yeah, so you can expect very traditional pizzas, but also non-traditional pizzas. But in addition to, to those pizzas, we have some cold appetizers that we, we serve and are really proud of. And we don't have to sell a lot of them, but they're there if you don't want to just eat pizza. And we always have what we call a verde. It's just a green salad with good greens, um, fresh herbs like mint, parsley, and basil. I, I love being very heavy-handed with herbs. I think it just creates a different sensation. Um, but we also make our own vinegar in-house. We have a big barrel of uh, what we call our house vinegar fermenting on our countertop. And that, that's a red wine vinegar that we, we use with red wine that we have left over from bottles and glasses. And, and it's, it's fun. It's fun to play around with fermentation. But it also has a really assertive flavor. So the Verde salad is very simply dressed with good olive oil, good vinegar, salt, pepper, fresh herbs, and greens. That's one thing. Um, another thing that we do is we do, we do a daily salad. Oftentimes it's a grain salad, like uh, some variation of tabbouleh. So it may have bulgur wheat or quinoa or farro or, or spelt uh, or um, couscous and whatever market vegetables we can find. Like that salad is truly what we find at the market. That's what goes in it. We may run out um, last night with smoked sweet potatoes, local mizuna. Um, we say citrus. Usually that's lemon juice, olive oil, and then some red wine vinegar and then herbs as well. A lot of the same herbs we put in our verde. Uh, we also have a mushroom pate, which oh. is a vegan mushroom pate. It's just a lot of a lot of mushrooms roasted in a pan with some red wine, herbs, a little bit of onion, garlic, and we also uh, put like raw cashews in it to give it body. So if you have a nut allergy, you can't eat the mushroom pate. But we serve that really rich umami pate with our hot focaccia or our pizza dough and some pickled vegetables so there's like hot crispy creamy mommy and then uh the palate cleansing of pickles it's not for everyone it, you have to really like mushrooms which i do but that's another dish we have sounds um, good my husband would love that cool oh, yeah. well we're we're getting and we're getting better at it and uh you know we don't we have a recipe book for some things but for the most part it's not really a recipe book here you know the pizza dough is you do it off of percentages so like we don't I don't send someone back there with a recipe and say make the pizza dough like there's a lot of stuff that you have to pay attention to 
Uh, but we also have gelato. We make what we call small batch gelato because we have a small batch freezer. It can only make so much at a time. And this is a small restaurant. We don't need a large batch freezer because that's one, expensive, and two, it just we don't need it. But we use Cruz Farm milk, um, and we use espresso brewed by our neighbors at Remedy. We, have, uh, we, we get whole pistachios, roast them, grind them, fold them into the gelato. You know, we use fresh herbs. You know, one of our servers brought in a couple bags of mint, and we steeped those in the cream, in the milk, and made a mint or basil mint gelato. Um, pizza and gelato are both really they're blank canvases. They're perfect foods, and they're overlooked and often not made well. And if you take care of the ingredients that go into both of those, you, you can create something really special. And if you just tuned in, you're listening to an interview with Brian Strutz, owner of Adopo Pizza in downtown Knoxville, Tennessee. When we return, we'll join Brian with our conversation, and I've asked him where he sources his local ingredients. So that's coming up. Here are a couple of things that might be of interest to you. The Blount County Beekeepers Association meets at 6.30 p.m. the second Monday of each month at the Blount County Public Library. More information by contacting Dennis Berry at 865-414-2116. I have an acquaintance who is looking for a beef farmer or a farmer to haul off approximately 250 pounds of spent grain from his distilling operation two times a week. If you have any need for this material and can consistently pick it up twice a week in the Jefferson County area, please get in touch with me at TennesseeFarmTable.com and I'll put you in touch with this person. I've also listed the information of the Blount County Beekeepers Association meeting at TennesseeFarmTable.com. Just look for the link that says listen to the show. Let's return to our conversation with Brian Strutz and his concept of locally sourced ingredients, also his sense of community, and the restaurant's place in his neighborhood. You mentioned Abbey Fields. So do you get a lot of your products and herbs and things from the local growers? Or? Yeah, so there's a, it's definitely a hot debate about restaurants and sourcing yes. things locally. And one thing we really set out from the beginning to do was to not kind of pander to that and not not say we're a local restaurant with all our food because it's impossible to source everything. I mean, our flour comes from Italy. Mm-hmm. Our tomatoes come from California. Um, th- those are what we, we think the best versions of those. You know, we can get seasonal vegetables here, and we get them, and we do seek them out. Our cheese curd, no, we don't get locally. I've talked to local producers of cheese and asked if they'd be willing to start making mozzarella curd, but they don't yet. Um, it's just a, a long work in progress. Um, so mm-hmm. as far as the vegetables are concerned, yeah, we're making great efforts to buy locally. Um, but as you are very acutely aware, there are seasons, Absolutely. and that changes things, and we're prepared for that. We're prepared to run out of pea shoots on the beetroot pizza and put Mizuna on it, both of which we got from Abbey Fields, which answers your question, what, you know, what are you getting from Abbey Fields and where, what else? Mm-hmm. So this, as anybody who's opened a restaurant or planned a menu knows, if you're trying to source things locally, you, it happens over time, it evolves, and you build relationships, and that's what's happening now. We're building relationships, and it's mm-hmm. not phony, and we're not going to advertise like locally grown this and that but it is a lot of it is 
But I, like I said, I'm, I really don't want to pander to that because you get into trouble very quickly mm -hmm. because it is impossible to do. We can get out. We also go to the farmer's market every Wednesday, Saturday, stock up, create our, our vegetable dishes with that. Our, our pizza specials have always had some vegetables from the farmer's market. Um, but it's just a small scale, you know. Mm -hmm. But I can't sit here and act like we're changing the world. But because we're a small restaurant and because we have two blank canvases to create with, pizza and gelato, we can do that. We can make those decisions to spend a little bit of extra money on a quart of locally grown honey. And that's that's cool. Mm -hmm. You know, it is, it is what it is. It's, it's not changing the world, but it is putting money into the pocket of my neighbor mm -hmm. and it's supporting um, a good mission and a local economy that's, that's that's it's and it's not just about the food as I just said you know our, our space was built out by our neighbors by people who have lives and businesses and jobs here locally and I could have very easily have went online and purchased all this stuff and I didn't some of it I did but the big piece is no you mm -hmm. know it doesn't just have to be about the Brian Strauss, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for being here. What did I say for being here? Uh, okay, let me... No, it's actually kind of funny that you said that because we say that to our guests. Like, that yeah. that's not really planned. Uh -huh. It just started coming out. Like, we're, you know, when you, when you work so hard to open something and people come up and show up, come and show up for it, you just, like, want to thank them for being here. Like, thank you for being here. It means a lot. So I'm finding myself saying that to everybody that I talk to, and I try to talk to people in the dining room because I really am grateful. So, no, it's perfect. I think you saying thank you for being here is perfectly adequate. Yeah, thank you for being here, too. Adopo. Adopo. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table, and we have been visiting with Brian Strutz of Adopo Pizza in downtown Knoxville, Tennessee. And as always, images and links to all of my guests at TennesseeFarmTable.com under that link that says listen to the show. Up next is Fred Sossman on the Shamrock in Johnson City, Tennessee. This is Potluck Radio. I'm Fred Sossman. One of Northeast Tennessee's oldest food and beverage businesses turns 90 this year. The Shamrock in Johnson City, Tennessee opened on St. Patrick's Day in 1929. It survives in the same location today, selling everything from chicken salad sandwiches and slaw dogs to Golden Virginia Burley pipe tobacco and Arturo Fuente cigars. Leif Cox bought the business in 1931, and his son Jack Cox runs the Shamrock today. One of the products it's best known for is homemade lemonade. Tom McKee and I had a lemonade stand in Gilmer Park. And the Shamrock is nothing but an expanded, glorified lemonade stand because one of our favorite products is the homemade lemonade. It's a simple recipe, you know, water, lemon juice, and sugar. We start with a quality lemon, and we always use fresh lemon juice. One time, the lemons came in, and in tasting the finished product, it had a little taste of orange in it, tart lemon, sweet orange, and it was delicious, so... Not long after that, we also have a lemonade plush orange and squeeze some fresh orange juice in it, and I think it's one of the best drinks there is. The idea was that it would, it would stop with cold weather coming, 
customers wouldn't let us stop. The lemonade is, is one of our pride and joys. People ask me when I'm going to retire. It's still an awful lot of fun to come to work. Somebody left their business card up the other day and said he used to work here and he was so glad that we were still here. So happy 90th birthday to the Shamrock. For Potluck Radio in Johnson City, Tennessee, I'm Fred Saussman. This is Charlotte Tolley of Nourish Knoxville at nourishknoxville.org. And you are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table on East Tennessee's own WDVX. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.